So it's good to be back in Lang. If you weren't here last week, we were at the church instead of Lang because uh, there's an event here, but it just feels good to be here, doesn't it? It feels good to be in Lang Auditorium to have the opportunity to be on campus. Um, yeah, so if you're new with us tonight, so every week is Bring a Friend Night for Chi Alpha, but for some reason I put a slide up last week and said, hey, it's Bring a Friend Night next week, and then everyone brought friends. So if you're new tonight, just want to say welcome. Uh, so glad you're here. My name is Daniel Quinby, as you see there, and I'm the director of Chi Alpha. So if we haven't met before, well, thank you for that. But if you haven't met before, come introduce yourself after service, because I'm kind of all over the place after service. I'm trying to do tech stuff, get things tore down, but I want to like, talk to you guys. So if you come up to me and say hi, that would be awesome. So cool. All right, so tonight we're going to uh, start a brand new sermon series, and it's called Future Looks Good. So you throw the slide up. That's our um, I was listening to One Republic. Um, if you guys listen to One Republic, anybody? Okay. And I think they're, no, not the CD, but a song is called Future Looks Good. And I said, that's a cool sermon series title. So I stole it. And we're going to talk about the future tonight. So like really the heart for this series is just to take some time, take the last three weeks of the semester and dream about the future, dream, or dream about where God is taking us as a group. So if you're new tonight, it's really cool that you're here because you can kind of hear what Kyle is about. We're going to go through some of the core beliefs that we have, uh, you know, the things that uh, just drive us as a group, the things that get me up in the morning, that get me excited, that say, hey, this is why we're on the campus. So I pray that you would be encouraged tonight and just kind of get a glimpse into our ministry. And if you're a part of Chi Alpha, this is going to be good for you too, because you can see, hey, this is what the group that I'm a part of is about. That's good to know, right? So we'll talk about that. All right, so I want to kind of start tonight just by giving some background. So we're going to talk about John the Baptist a little bit. Okay, this crazy dude that's in the New Testament. And I want to share a few verses to kind of give you the backdrop of John the Baptist before we jump into our text. So John was Jesus' cousin, and he was sent before Jesus, so he came before Jesus, to call people to repent of their sin, to be baptized in water, and, and also he prepared the way for Jesus. So John was this legit man of God. And he was kind of crazy, too, like I said. So let's read Mark 1, 4 through 6. If I can get the mic to come down a little bit, it's kind of hot. Uh, but so Mark 1, 4 through 6, if you want to turn there, it's going to be up on the screen as well. And let's just see what John was all about. It says this, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. So John was this fiery preacher who called people to turn from their sins and to receive forgiveness of their sins. He wouldn't be very popular in our culture, let's just be honest. Crazy dude saying repent. Uh, sounds like a guy that might be out on the street by the union yelling at people. That's kind of what John was like. Uh, but he was like more loving than they are, of course. But John, anyways, like, he's calling people to confess their sins, to repent. And John was reaching people who were very far from God. And, uh, and he's also a bit eccentric. So he had, or it says he was clothed in camel's hair. I, I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds crazy. And he wore a leather belt. That's not too crazy. But then, and then he also ate uh, some locusts for dinner. So that was John. He was the original hipster, okay? That was John the Baptist, the original hipster. Uh, just an amazing guy. Okay, so let's look at this. Uh, John speaks of Jesus and, or in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. He says this about Jesus. He says, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals 
I'm not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John was this forerunner to Jesus. He says that there is one coming after him who is mightier than him. He's pointing to Jesus. He's saying, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. He's coming after me, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus talks about John the Baptist. So these two loved each other, okay? Uh, or in Matthew 11, verse 11, Jesus says this of John the Baptist. He says, truly I say to you that among those born of, or born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. And yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So I want to focus on the first part. He, or Jesus says, there's been no one greater than John the Baptist. So these two loved each other. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus points back to John the Baptist, says this guy was incredible. And what are, or the text I want to focus on tonight um, actually comes from Luke chapter 1, verse 76 through 79. So Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, finds out that he's having this son, and then he prophesies about John the Baptist. And what I want to implore with you guys is this, that I believe that the calling and the prophecy about John the Baptist applies to us here as a group um, just on this campus at UNI. Like, I believe the same call of John the Baptist is the call for this group. And then we're going to take some time and break it down. So let's look at these verses quick. This is going to be the text of the night. It says this. So Zechariah, John's dad, is prophesying. He's saying, this is what my son's going to be about. He says this. It says, a new child will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to, or to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because, so why does he do this? Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So we're going to look at this text all night tonight, but before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this group. I thank you for everyone here. God, we pray as we look at the calling of John the Baptist. God, I pray that we would see how it applies to us as a group. And God, I pray that you would compel us to give our lives for the cause of Christ on the campus. I pray that you compel us by your love to lay down our lives so that other people can come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So many of you know that, okay, so my wife is Emily. Where's she at? Okay, she's right there, back there. Wave your hand again. All right, there you go. There's my wife, Emily. So Emily and I were a part of Kyle for the students. So six years ago now, we came in to college as freshmen here at UNI, and there was this group starting called Chi Alpha. It was a brand new campus ministry. To be honest, I heard of BASIC. I heard of the other ones. They're huge. And there was this crazy bald guy that was starting this group called Chi Alpha. And I was like, why would I want to be part of that? Okay, there's all these other really cool ministries. Like, you know, what's the point? So that's besides the point. But anyways, I got plugged into Chi Alpha because this bald guy wouldn't leave me alone. Okay, pretty much what it was. That's what happens when you don't have any students. You just go after them. So, but, uh, so anyways, me and Emily both got... Uh, kind of roped into this group, and there was just 18 students at our first service. Okay, just 18 students, and most of them were my friends that I met that first week, and I said, hey, come to this group, and they're like, what's Chi Alpha? Is it a fraternity? I'm like, no, it's not a fraternity. So guys, please, if you do anything, if you don't come back ever, that's fine. I'll miss you, but go and tell people Chi Alpha is not a fraternity. That would really help us, okay? So I didn't choose the name. It's a national group, okay? I didn't get to choose the name. I wouldn't have chosen it. We'll talk about the name in a little bit, but anyways, guys, we're not a fraternity. But anyways, uh, back in 2011, we came in as freshmen. There's 18 students. And we saw God do something amazing in our group. As our group grew from those 18 students to about 50 students that year. And, you know, God really compelled our hearts for Chi Alpha. And there's this event we do every fall. It's called the Fall Retreat. It's a big-time event. 
just start thinking about it now, okay? It's coming up in September, so I could pull up my calendar and tell you the exact dates, but you won't remember them, so it doesn't matter. But anyways, fall retreat, it's like the third week of September, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's amazing. So anyways, I go to this fall retreat, and there's this thing that happens to me. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about it here in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. I can't break it down tonight. We'll do it a different time. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens to me, and I get this vision, okay? So we used to meet in the CAC. Like, you probably don't know what the CAC is, a lot of you guys. It's the Communication Arts Center. It's this weird little theater room in there. We met in there. There's about 87 seats, and I had this picture of the whole room being filled up with students. I'm like, wow, that'd be really cool. We only have like 20 of us right now. That'd be amazing. And I felt like God was calling me to be a part of that, to to be a part of seeing that come to pass. But at the same time, it was weird. I felt called into full-time ministry. And you and I is not a Bible school. Okay, we all know that. And I felt like God wanted me to transfer to a Bible college. So I'm feeling called to you and I, but I'm feeling called to transfer at the same time. It was really strange, but I just obeyed God. I said, okay, I'll transfer. So I got, or so me and Emily got, uh, just got married after our sophomore year, pretty young. We were 20. And then we transferred up to, or transferred up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, just where I studied for Bible, or not studied for Bible, studied the Bible, or studied at Bible college. There you go. So anyways, but at the same time, our pastor actually moved on to go plant a church, okay? So Kyle had to go on for a couple years without a pastor. So just student run, a bunch of uh, students with full hearts, you know, clear eyes, can't lose. They're just going for it. But the group dwindled down a bit just because they didn't have a leader, they didn't have direction. And it came down to about 20 students again. And then they called us and asked us if we would come back and be the pastors of the group. And this was last year, so, well, two years ago now, 2015. And Emily and I came back. And we just began to dream with the 20 students. We said, hey, what would it look like if God fulfilled the vision that he gave me as a freshman? And uh, see, it all made sense. God called me to you and I, coming to Bible college. I left for a couple of years, but I was supposed to come back. Get it? See, he can call you to two things. Just got to obey him, take the next step, and then he'll take care of uh, just the end game, okay? So anyways, uh, came back last year, and God began to do amazing things as our group grew to like 60 or 70 students. It was amazing. And then I began to cast vision about a year ago now, saying, God wants to fill the CAC still, because we still met in that room. And I said, God's going to fill this room. So what I did is I reserved Lang Auditorium for this year, just believing that God was going to fill up that room, and then we'd have to move away to this room, because it's bigger. It's really big. We got a lot of seats. So let's fill these seats up. But anyways, uh, so then the first service of the semester, back in the fall, there was like 94 people there. So seven people over capacity. And then there was another time we got to 97. So God fulfilled the vision he gave me as a freshman. So guys, I'm telling you this. If God is giving you visions, if he's giving you dreams, don't give up on them, okay? Because I was a little freshman. I, I, or guys, I can remember. Like, I felt like I could not get momentum because I had this little vision. But as a freshman, nobody takes me seriously. And I'm like, guys, come on. We're going to reach people. I'm trying to do it on my own. And then God was saying, hey, that vision's cool, but it's going to happen when you're a pastor and when you can actually kind of mobilize people. Because freshmen trying to get uh, some other guys to do stuff, it's kind of hard, okay? I remember saying, come on, seniors, let's go let's do this. But there's uh, a... So, so God used me during that season, but the calling, the vision was actually for when I came back as a pastor. So anyways, I tell you that tonight to say that I believe that if God did it once, he can do it again, okay? If he filled up a room once, he can do it again. And the reason we're in this space, it's very big. First of all, there's really no spaces that actually work for a worship service on campus. So it's kind of we're stuck with it. But also, I believe that God wants to fill up every seat in this room with students. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe there's going to be a time when Chi Alpha has 800 people in this room on Tuesday nights, that they're, like, this is actually what Lang does. They shut the doors if you get to maximum capacity. So we can't go over maximum capacity. Like, I'm dreaming 
that we're going to have to have like an overflow space somewhere where we're doing video feed down the hall or something like that. I believe God wants to do that. He did it once. He can do it again. This is a lot bigger, times like 10, you know, the amount of students before. But I'm believing for that. So tonight what I want to do is take a look at what that vision looks like and kind of dream with you about what God could do. We could all uh, just put our heads together, put our hearts together and say, hey, let's go after this. Let's try to give every student an opportunity to know Jesus. So Joshua 23, 14 says this. I've been reading uh, this book uh, this last week, so I wanted to share this verse. I think it really applies to us. It says this, and now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, which means he's going to die, okay? And he says, and you know in your hearts and souls that all of you, that, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you, and not one of them has failed. So I believe that this applies to us. God has promised, or promised us certain things for here at you and I, and I believe in the deepest depths of my being that God has promised revival here on our campus. It's not just Chi Alpha. Like campus ministry is across the board. There's prayer groups rising up. People are believing that God wants to do something amazing on our campus. I believe God is going to send revival. So, or so maybe you ask, what is revival? Well, revival is really when Christians, like current Christians, kind of get just uh, stirred in their faith like they wake up. Like, there's some sleepy Christians out there. Like, they say they're Christians, but don't really live like it. So revival happens when they wake up, and then also when people start to flock to Jesus. Like, people who are far from God come to him. And I believe God wants to do that on our campus. And it's, and it's not contained to Chi Alpha. It's beyond just Chi Alpha. But I believe that's a promise for us. So just as Joshua said, he said, God did not fail to complete his promises for you. I believe the same thing applies to us. We need to take God's promises to the bank and say, he's going to do this. I believe that with all my heart. So this is our mission statement. If you're wondering, what is Kyle about? You throw it up on the screen. It says, we exist to give all 12,000 students an opportunity to respond to the gospel and become mature followers of Jesus. So two things, we want people to have an opportunity to respond. So here's the thing. When you come to Chi Alpha, I'm going to give you opportunity. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to say, hey, you have to believe this. I'm just going to give you opportunity. I'm going to put it out there and say, hey, guys, what do you want to do? Like, I can't control the way you respond. So as a group, like we're committed to giving all 12,000 students an opportunity. We can't force everyone to follow Jesus, but hey, we're going to give an opportunity. But not only that, we don't want to just give you an opportunity to pray a prayer, get, or get your get-out-of-hell-free card, and leave. And not just that, but also like we want each student who's a part of our group to become a mature follower of Jesus, where you grow and you mature in your faith, where uh, as you truly feel like you can actually walk with God on your own. Like obviously inside a community, but you actually become a mature follower of Jesus. So that's our mission statement. But the question for us tonight is this. Are we willing to do what it takes to see God's promise and to see this mission statement fulfilled? Are we willing to do what it takes? That's what we got to ask ourselves, guys. Because we have an amazing calling. It's one just like John the Baptist. He turned his world upside down. You know, we're all going to start, you know, just going out and eating some bugs together. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. It's not a weird group. But we can all be hipster. Okay, that'd be cool. I'm trying. I'm still working on it. I've been trying to be hipster for like three years. It's not happening. But if you're willing to go on this journey, I think we're going to see God do amazing things, okay? So the main idea tonight is this. It's this. We have an amazing calling, and that is to light up our campus with the love of God. Come on. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. To light up our campus with the love of God. And the sermon is titled, Part One, An Amazing Calling. So what I want to do now is just kind of go through these four verses and pick out what God is calling us to do from these verses. So the first two verses say this again. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, 
to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. So the first calling we have as a group is this. We're called to bring the gospel to our campus. So John the Baptist was called a prophet of the Most High. So what's a prophet? A prophet is just someone who speaks for God. I believe God has called us to speak for him on our campus. And we're not just called to speak something general. We're actually called to speak something very specific. And that is the knowledge of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. So we're to tell people about salvation that's available through Jesus Christ. And this leads to forgiveness of their sins. So in other words, this is called the gospel, okay? The gospel. Maybe you've heard of the gospel before. The gospel is simply good news, okay? It's the good news of Jesus. So maybe when I say gospel, you're thinking I'm talking about like the four books in the New Testament, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, like those are the gospels. No, what I'm talking about is the good news of Jesus, that Jesus came and he died for us on the cross. He paid our penalty, and then he rose from the grave three days later, something we're going to celebrate this weekend if you uh, celebrate Easter. We're going to celebrate that. That's the gospel, that Jesus came and he paid our penalty on the cross. He paid for your sins. He paid for my sin. He took our sins, put it on himself. Then he went into a tomb, dead, and then he rose from the dead three days later. That's amazing. That's incredible. If that truly happened, okay, like if that's not just some story, if that actually happened, then that should change the way we live our lives, okay? If this man said he was God and then he rose from the dead, I'm going to take him seriously, okay? Because he wouldn't rise from the dead if he wasn't God. God would have said, hey, you're staying dead, all right? Because you're weird and crazy. So Jesus, okay, so anyway, so in order for the message of Jesus, though, to be good news, it has to invade bad news. It has to invade bad spaces, so we need to know that good news is needed. We need to recognize that our own way and the way of the world just doesn't work. It doesn't cut it. Just pursuing our own pleasures and selfish desires do not work. And it actually leads to destruction. Proverbs 16, 25 says this. It says, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. Our own ways lead to death and they lead to separation from God. And then Romans 3.23 says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. So we all are separated from God because of our sins, because of our rebellion. And there's only one way to God. There's only one way. There's not multiple ways. There's one way, and that's Jesus Christ. It says in John 14.6, it says this, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, like I said, if this man said he was God and then he rose from the dead, I'm going to take him seriously. And he says there's no other way. So if there is no other way, I'm not going to take my chances. He says there's one way to God, and that's through me. And it's not, the cool thing about Christianity is you're not trying to work your way to God. It's not like, hey, I got to do these good works, and then God might love me. No, instead, it's God loved you so much that at the same time that you were in your sins, at the same time that you were dead in your trespasses, when you were rebelling against God, he sent his own son Jesus to come and to live a perfect life, so to live the life that each of us are supposed to live, and then die the death that each of us are supposed to die because we haven't, because we haven't actually lived the good life we're supposed to. And then not only that, not only to die the death that each of us were supposed to die and pay our penalty, but also to rise from the grave. That is good news. That is amazing news. And God has called us to, or to be messengers of the gospel on our campus. So as we look into the future of our group, and as you look into the future of your life, I don't want this just to be about Chi Alpha. Guys, I want you to think about your life. I pray that you would double down on your commitment to the good news, to the gospel. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, we don't submit to any other gospel in this world. We only submit to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we believe that the gospel has the power to transform lives. So not self-help, not other religions, although we love people of other religions, not any of that, only the gospel, only Jesus. So it says in Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then also to the Greek. So students, if you want to fulfill your calling on the campus, then you need to be willing to proclaim this truth. Guys, not always lead to God. Only Jesus, only his death, only his resurrection. And all ways of living are not equally valid. It's not, hey, you do you, you, or do you, I'll do me. No, there's one way to live, and that's following Jesus Christ and doing what he says. That's the way we're called to live. That's the only way that actually leads to salvation, that actually leads to forgiveness of sin. So as followers of Jesus, we're called to proclaim this gospel. In Romans 10, 14, I love this verse. This is my life verse. It's my favorite verse, okay? It says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So I love it because it gives me an excuse to preach. And I love preaching, okay? No, I'm kidding. That's not the... So the reason I love it is because Paul is putting it... So that's the writer of, of Romans. He's putting it in our court. He's saying, guys, how are they going to call on him in whom they've not believed? How can they call on him if they haven't believed in him? And how are they going to believe in him unless they hear the good news? And how are they going to hear the good news unless we go and preach? So if we don't do our part, it can never get to the point where they call on Jesus. So if we say we want to see people be saved and give their hearts to Jesus, but we never open our mouths, then we're lying. Because we have to open our mouths to get there. It starts with proclaiming the gospel. So I pray for our group that each of us would commit to proclaiming this glorious good news. And now you're going to find out why we're called Chi Alpha, okay? So 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. It says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So Chi Alpha means Christ's ambassadors, okay? Kind of cool. It was, came up with that in 1954 or something like that. It's amazing. Chi Alpha, we love it. All right, so anyways, Christ's ambassadors. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be representatives of Jesus on the campus. So there's going to be three descriptors I want the campus to describe us with tonight, okay? Three things. So the first thing, if we throw this up there, I want the campus to say that Chi Alpha is gospel-centered. When they talk about Chi Alpha, when they talk about students in Chi Alpha, or when they talk about you, that they would say, that person is gospel-centered. They center themselves on the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't try to just do good works to please God. They don't try to fake it. They don't try to be religious. But instead, they're centered on the truth that Jesus gave it all for us. And out of response to that great love, we should give it all to him. I pray that that would be what we center on as a group. And that's why I preach it every week. If you come here, you're going to hear this good news every single week at some point during the message. Because we want to be centered on this truth. So I pray that this campus would describe us as gospel-centered. And that's why our slogan, if you saw the banner, says this. It says, encounter God and grow with others. That's why we say it. Because we want students to encounter the God of the gospel, okay, to have that opportunity to respond to the gospel, and then also grow with other people to mature in their faith. So that's why we say that. I'm going to explain our slogans tonight because we use some fun slogans, and I'll explain them as we go through. So the next verse is this. Uh, or it's Luke chapter 1, verse 78. He says this, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. So the second thing tonight is this. We're called to love our campus. So Zechariah prophesies that his son is going to be a prophet of God, telling people about the knowledge of salvation 
and the forgiveness of sins because, so why? Because of the tender mercy of our God. Because God is a loving God because he loves his people. So John was called to share this truth, this gospel, because of the tender mercy of God. Jesus came to earth because of God's love for you. He loves you. Despite everything you've done, he loves you. Can you believe that? When I think about the things I've done, and you think that God loves me, that blows my mind. Because I'm pretty messed up. Seriously. Like, think about if all your thoughts are put up on this screen, who you'd be running out of here so fast. God sees all those thoughts, but he still loves you. Because of the tender mercy of our God, he sent his own son to die on the cross for our sins. And guys, how are we called to respond to this? We're called to respond to this by showing love to our campus. To show that same tender mercy of God to our campus. So that's the second part of our calling. To be a people who love our campus. So God has been stirring my heart just recently for students who are far from God. It's not like a new thing. It's not like I've never been stirred for that before, but just particularly in this season, God is stirring my heart for students who have never walked into the doors of a church, for students who have just never heard the gospel, students who have no background in church. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's easier for us as campus ministries to reach those of you with a background in church because you've had some type of background. You understand just how things work. And I was raising my hands up here. Like if you haven't been in church or in a church like ours, you're probably like, what is that dude doing? Like he's weird. Like they're jumping over there. So it's easier for us to reach people who have been in church, but I believe that God is calling us to have a special anointing as a group, which is a gift, like this gifting, where all of a sudden we're reaching students who have never walked into church, you know, students who are far from God, students who just, guys, you would never expect them to put their faith in Jesus. I'm believing that God is calling us to do that because he loves people who are far from him. And God is calling us to go to them. I believe that God's calling us to reach pockets of our campus that have never been reached before. I believe that there's groups on our campus that are opposed to God. You know, some are opposed or some are just completely indifferent towards him. And God is calling us as a group to go to those people and to love them with this tender mercy. So Luke chapter 5, verse 30 through 32 says, And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, so talking to Jesus, they said, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So bad people. And Jesus answers, Those who are well have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So I want to have the heart of Jesus, because that's Jesus' heart, to call the sick to him. And I want to go out and not just try to take people from other campus ministries. Actually, don't do that. Don't do that at all. Don't try to take people from other campus ministries. But instead, we go to students who are far from God, students who truly need a doctor. I pray that we would do that as a group. We love students who are far from Jesus and invite them to be a part of our community and to experience Jesus. So I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Rachel McClellan, if you raise your hand back there, just do it really quick. There she is, Rachel McClellan. So her name was Rachel Steckman before she got married, and I met her as a freshman. And Rachel came to Kyle a couple times, and like I would hear stories about her where she would get really mad in the dining center. Like one time, like I wasn't there, so I might be exaggerating, but in the piazza, they're talking about this truth of, you know, is Jesus the only way to God? And she didn't like that, you know, so she was like getting mad at people saying, no, he's not the only way to God. There's multiple ways to God. You know, Rachel was doing a lot of partying, just those kind of things. Just not, for me, I'd given up on Rachel. I said, there's no way she would ever put her faith in Jesus. I seriously like said that to someone, you know, the freshman who thought he knew everything. What an idiot, because Jesus can do anything. But anyways, and Rachel would come into our group once in a while, and there was this girl named Elizabeth Campbell, okay? She was amazing, uh, she was our vice president way back in the day, led small group. 
And Elizabeth just continued to love Rachel with the tender mercy of God, okay? So, you know, Rachel would get mad at Elizabeth when they're talking about those kind of truths and just kind of lash out at her. But just Elizabeth would continue to love Rachel. And then towards the end of the semester, probably around this time in April, uh, just Rachel came to one of our services. You know, she continued to check it out because of the love of the people in the ministry. So she came. There's one night where God just changed her heart. Like all of a sudden, she believed it. And that's what happens in salvation. Jesus just kind of changes your heart. And everything changed for her. She was a completely different person. Like I remember thinking, who is this person? She's completely different. And I'm so thankful that Elizabeth didn't give up on her, but instead she continued to love her, that she wasn't stupid like me, and say, ah, oh, that person would never give their heart to Jesus. And guys, I believe as a group that our group is going to see more people like that, that you would just think, there's no way they'd give their hearts to Jesus. There's no way they would believe. And maybe you're in this room, and that's you. You're like kind of opposed to Christianity, whatever. I believe that God can change your life too. I'm believing that God wants to give us this gifting to reach people like Rachel who are far from him. I'm praying that you guys will jump into this with me and say, hey, let's love people who are far from God. So the second thing I want people to describe our group with is this, to be a welcoming group. I pray that people say, this group is welcoming. So my prayer, and guys, I'm not ashamed to say this because I'm competitive. I want to be the most, or just the most welcoming group on campus. I want to beat everybody because we're so stinking welcoming. We're so loving. We just say, hey, you know, join the family. Guys, I want to be that group. I want people to say, Kyle is so welcoming. You know, just last night I was talking to Emily Johanningmeyer. I didn't say Emily J because she doesn't like it when I say Emily J. So Emily Johanningmeyer. And she said that the reason she came back to Kyle was because people actually talked to her. That's all it took for her to come back. I'll talk to all of you if you'll come back. Come on, that's so easy. I pray that there be no one who comes here and says, nobody talked to me. People are caught up in their own cliques and their own groups. I pray that we'd be a family, that people would say, I feel like I'm a part of that family. Like maybe even people who don't even believe what we believe, but they say, that group is so loving, I just want to hang out with them. I don't care who they're talking about. I just want to be part of that group. I pray that we could truly embody this phrase that churches love to say, the idea that people would belong before they become or before they believe. I pray that people would feel like they belong in our community, that they feel like they're loved. So that's the second thing, to be a, or to be a group that brings the love of Christ to our campus. The third thing and the final thing comes from verse 79. And I love this. This is where the light up thing came. You know, that power phrase. All right, let's get it. Verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the third point, I love this. Put it up there. We're called to light up our campus, all right? I'm believing that. So the last part of the calling that this passage identifies for John the Baptist and for us as a group, so us as, for us as a group collectively and also for you as an individual is this. God has called us to bring his light to our campus, to guide people into the way of peace, to, or to light up this campus with the love of God, to light up this campus with the gospel of God. The scriptures are filled with God bringing light into dark situations. So Genesis 1, you've read this before probably if you've been in church. If you're like me, I'd sit in church, the sermon was boring. I grab the Bible in front and say, hey, I'm going to just use this time to catch up on my Bible reading. And I turn to Genesis 1, I read the first five verses and say, that felt good. And I close it, the sermon was over. I wasn't paying attention. So anyways, Genesis 1, 1 through 3, you might have read it tonight because you were bored with my sermon. If that's the case, we have cameras and we're going to catch you. Okay, no, I'm kidding. So... Genesis 1, 1 through 3. I'm kidding. It says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth, was without, or the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What a beautiful picture. The Spirit of God hovering. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's pretty cool. Sounds like a big bang. Okay, so if science is what gets you, you know, kind of keeps you from coming to the faith, there was probably a big bang at the beginning, okay? That's a big bang. Anyways, I just wanted to say that. The earth was formless. It was void. It was dark. And in a moment, God says, let there be light. And light just rushes into the earth. Our campus can be dark at times. It can seem really lost. It can be confusing. But we're called to bring light into the dark spaces. We're called to illuminate areas that have been previously darkened. Of Jesus, John the Apostle, so not John the Baptist, okay? A different guy. John the Apostle says this. He says, in the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is life, and his life is the light of men. That light cannot be overcome by darkness. And then later in John, Jesus says this in chapter 8. He says, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the light we're called to bring to people. The light of Jesus that can lead people to life. We're called to go into dark spaces and to shine the light of God. We're called to infiltrate the bad news on our campus and on the earth with good news. So Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. So now he's putting it on us. He's saying, you are the light of the world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So some people apply that to America. No, it applies to the Christians, okay? So a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So Jesus has called us to light up our campus with his gospel and with his love. And guys, we shouldn't put it under a bowl. We shouldn't try to hide the light of Jesus. We shouldn't hide our faith. But instead, we should allow the light of God to shine and to, to illuminate our campus. We should allow students to see our light through good works and through our love, through our care for them, even when we don't get anything in return. So darkness is just the absence of light. I pray that if Kyle left our campus, that it would be a little bit darker. And that's not because I want our campus to be dark, but I want us to actually be having an effect on our campus because we're supposed to light up our campus. We're supposed to be a city on a hill. Are we doing that? That's a good question to ask ourselves. If our campus, or if our group left our campus, would it be darker? Because darkness is the absence of light, and I pray that it would be a little bit darker. And I pray as we grow and as we continue to reach out to people that the light of our group and the light of the gospel would shine to people. People would see the light of God on our campus, that our group would actually change our campus. So Jesus has called us to pursue people or to pursue people with the light of God. He's called us to pray with people. He's called us to love people. He's called us to look at our campus through the lens of the scriptures and ask God, how can things be made right here? So ask God, how can things be made right on our campus? How can I bring light to you and I? So wherever there's darkness, wherever there's despair in our world, Jesus followers are called to push it back with the light of God. As followers of Jesus, we're called to push back the darkness. We're called to push back the gates of hell. 
but the light of the gospel. So one more story I'm going to tell, and I don't do this every week. I don't pick on people every week, but I'm going to tell one more story. Josh Hans, back corner, buff guy. Just raise your hand. Just wave quick, okay? So I've told Josh's story so many times, but I've realized I haven't told it this year, really. So I'm going to tell it one more time. He's graduating in a couple weeks. So for those of you that are new, this will be new to you. But back in 2015, I met Josh. And I've told his story a lot, but I'm going to tell it again. And, and around our third week on campus in 2015, I got a call. Well, I didn't get a call. Um, so actually, my intern got a call from Josh's mom. Okay, when you're, or so when your mom's calling us, it's serious, all right? So his mom calls and says, hey, can you reach out to my son and invite him to Chi Alpha? We said, sure, we'll try it. So Emery, the intern at the time, goes and reaches out to Josh, and they meet, and then I get an opportunity to meet Josh at the church. And Josh has tears in his eyes as he just talks about how he's struggling with being addicted to drugs, to being in the party scene, just wanting to find community, wanting to find hope. And I told Josh, it was the week before our fall retreat, and I said, hey, would you think about coming to our fall retreat? It's this coming weekend. It changed my life. I think it can change your life. So Josh comes to fall retreat, and on Friday night, he gives his heart to Jesus. He just says, I'm giving it all to Jesus. On Saturday, Josh gets baptized in water, and then on Sunday, he goes home. So I love this, because it's not just about praying and prayer. It's not just about an experience, but Josh goes home. He calls me on the phone, and he says, hey, do you think I should throw away my drugs? I said, probably. Yeah, do that. (laughs) So so Josh says, all right, I'm doing it, man. I'm going to throw away my drugs. So he goes, he throws them away, says, hey, my friends are telling me that's expensive. I shouldn't do that, but I'm throwing them away anyways. So Josh throws away his, or throws away his drugs. And then on Monday, it doesn't stop on Sunday, okay? It keeps going. On Monday, I go to the weight room to work out. It's supposed to be me time, okay? I work out, do that stuff, just get a, just kind of get a break from the world. But Josh is there, and he's just lighting up that place with the gospel, okay? He's telling people about Jesus, and he's like, hey, there's my pastor. I'm like, Dude, dude, you got this, man. I'm just going to work out. No, but Josh brings people up to me. And one of the people he brought up to me was his brother Jacob, okay? And Jacob just looks kind of scared, to be honest. He, he says this to me. I can remember this. He says, I don't know what happened to Josh, but he's completely different now. So I said this to Jacob. I said, the same thing can happen to you. Why don't you come to Chi Alpha? So Jacob comes to Chi Alpha the next week. Comes at like 9 o'clock. It's very end of the sermon. And by the way, guys, I see you. If you come in that way, I can see you. You know, the door's there. But anyways, Jacob comes in. Here's like 10 minutes of the sermon. I don't even think he heard anything, but he just felt the presence of God, and he gave his heart to Jesus at the end of the sermon. And then he got baptized in water. Both of them became small group leaders. God transformed their lives. And God transformed people in their lives because they had been transformed. And I just want our group to see more of that. I don't want to just talk about Rachel's story or talk about Josh's story. But I want to continue to light this campus up. But we're not going to be able to do it if we stay inward focused. We can't do it if we stay inward focused. We can't do it if we get all about consuming, but not about going out to reach, or to reach other people. We can't do it if we're caught up in our own world. So I pray, guys, I, I pray that as a group, as we look into the future, if there's anything else that as a group we would double down on our commitment to give all 12,000 students an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Because I'm telling you something, guys. There are Josh Hanses. There are Rachel uh, Steckmans out there who all they need you to do is come and bring them the gospel and love them, and they will respond. There might be 20 people who tell you no at first, but there'll be someone who you get to, and they'll say, hey, I actually think I want to follow Jesus. Like my own way is not working. God is working on hearts all across our campus. It's just our job to partner with him. So the last thing I want uh, the campus to describe us as is change agents, okay? 
I want people to say, Chi Alpha is changing our campus for the good. Like, not for the bad, for the good. Like, Chi Alpha is doing so many good things on our campus. And part of the way that I want to accomplish that vision is to have a small group in every dorm on every night of the week. Like, I want to have a representation of Christian community in each dorm on every night of the week, a guy small group and a girl small group. So we only have 10 right now, so we're not there yet. But that's the vision. That's where we're headed. Our dream is to raise up small group leaders, for small groups to get so large that they have to split in half, and then you have to raise up leaders from within the group, and just have small groups all over the campus. We believe in small groups. We love small groups. We want to see small groups all over our campus. So that's our heart. So if the worship team would come up, we're going to close here. So to recap, the main idea is this. We have an amazing calling to light up our campus with the love of God. And it's three-pronged, okay? So the first thing is bring the gospel to our campus. And I want people to describe us as gospel-centered. Second thing is to love our campus, so to, to be welcoming. And also, I don't think I mentioned this, but that's why we say welcome home. Okay, that was up there, but I didn't say it. So anyways, welcome home. That's why we say that cheesy phrase, because we want people to feel like they're at home. Okay, anyways. It's a cool phrase, but it can be cheesy. All right, the third thing. So we know when the stuff we're saying is cheesy, okay? But some of it just works. All right, anyways, third thing. To light up our campus, so to be change agents. So I recognize that each of you are at a different spot tonight in your faith. Some of you have different levels of commitment to Jesus and to Chi Alpha. You know, some of you in this room, you're not committed to Jesus, and you're not committed to Chi Alpha at all. And you're just here tonight because... Uh, you saw two dogs on Facebook said, bring a friend night, and someone invited you and said, come be a part of this group. And you said, I'll come one time. You know, that's typically what people say. I'll come one time. If I like it, then I'll stay. If I don't, I'm not coming back. That makes sense. Um, but our prayer for you tonight, as you're checking it out, is that you would feel at home at Kyle, that it would truly, you know, the welcome home phrase would be true for you. And also that you would consider following Jesus. I pray that you would know that the Christian religion is not just about trying to earn your way. It's, or it's not about this at all. It's not about trying to earn your way to heaven. But instead, it's about a God who became flesh, who became a human, and lived among us. And he never sinned once. And he went all the way to the cross to die the death that each of us should have died because of our sins. And then three days later, I think we're going to celebrate this Sunday, he rose from the grave. And if you're like a really smart person, I'd love to have a conversation with you about why the resurrection is historically true. You don't, there's no way around the resurrection. Try to look up some theories as to how the resurrection didn't happen. You just won't find any good ones. So if that's you, if it's a stumbling block, like you just don't understand how Christianity could be true, just do some research on the resurrection. This man rose from the dead. All the historical accounts point to that, okay? Like there's more evidence that Jesus Christ died on the cross than there is that Julius Caesar even existed. Okay, that's pretty good evidence. So I challenge you to explore that if that's what you struggle with. And I challenge you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus tonight, that you would put your faith in Jesus. He's trustworthy. He's a good place to put your faith and that you would allow him to change your life. There's others of you who are committed to Jesus, but you're not committed to Chi Alpha. And I pray that tonight's message would compel you to plug into a Christian community. It doesn't have to be Chi Alpha, but some Christian community and give your life for the gospel with other people, okay? That's the best way to do it, with friends, with family, to say, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to lay down our lives. We're going to lay down our own comforts, our own desires to see this campus come to know Jesus. So I pray tonight that you would be compelled to plug in to community. And there's those of us who are committed to Chi Alpha 
you've been here for a while, but you're not really committed to Jesus yet. He's not actually having authority in your life yet. Like you love our community, but you haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't truly surrendered to him. And I pray tonight that the tender mercy of God would rush upon you and that it would compel you to put your faith in Jesus in that trustworthy place. And finally, there's those of you who are committed to Jesus and you're committed to Kyle. And I ask you tonight, be reminded of why we're here. We're not here just to have a cool club, to be a student org, although that's fun. The fairs are fun, okay? We're not called just to be a student org, but we're called to change our campus. We're called to be the most welcoming group on our campus. We're called to be centered on the gospel, to, to be ambassadors for Christ, to not be a fraternity, but to be ambassadors for Christ. That's what we're called to do. So I pray tonight that you would be compelled again by the mission of Chi Alpha. As we go into the summer, I pray that you would dream dreams, dream big dreams, just like I did as a freshman. Dream big dreams for what God could do this fall. I pray that you would pray bold prayers, that, that you'd pray that God would fill up this whole, or these two, these two rows here from front to back. I believe that can happen. Like these two, these two areas right here, completely full. I believe that. I pray that you would dream big dreams and that you would ask God to do the impossible on our campus. All right, so if you guys would stand with me, we're going to close up. So three things. Let's make a commitment to do whatever it takes to see the vision of God come to pass on our campus. First thing. Second thing, let's pray like crazy. Let's pursue people relentlessly. Let's share the gospel consistently, and let's represent Christ wherever we go. And the last thing, let's believe that people who seem to be the furthest from God, like the Rachel McClellans and the Josh Hanses would encounter his love and be transformed forever. That's why we exist. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me tonight, this is a time where we just respond to God. It's just between you and God. And there's two ways for you to respond tonight. The first way is this. If you're not a Christian, or if you're honest, you may call yourself a Christian, but you haven't actually been following Jesus. And tonight, if you want to put your faith in Jesus and trust him for your salvation, this is just between you and him. It's a chance to get right with him. Can you just raise your hand? There's no one looking around. If that's you, just lift your hand up right now. All right, put those down. And the second question is this. If you want to commit to seeing the vision of God come to pass on our campus, if you want to just lay down your life for the gospel on our campus, can you just put your hands up to heaven? All right. God, see our desire. Jesus, we just pray right now. We first pray for those of us who want to put our faith in you tonight. God, we just ask you to save us. We ask you to take our filthy rags and exchange them for righteousness. God, we ask you to be our Savior, to be our King, to be our God. Secondly, Lord, for those of us who raised our hand for the vision of God on the campus, God, I pray that you would compel us to count the cost and to lay down our lives so that students could come to know you on our campus. I pray as we dream for this fall, as we dream for the future, that you would compel us to do whatever it takes to give all 12,000 students an opportunity to know you. God, we love you so much. We pray this all in your name. Amen.